Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today is Wednesday, June the 22nd. We thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, As the gentleman just told you there, I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Do you notice the day got shorter today? Uh, Some came up a minute later. You know, I didn't notice that. You didn't see that? No, uh, so that's... Yesterday you were telling us. By the way, Chris Woodridge also here. Good morning. I was here on time. You were here. You were here. Um, so you were. You want to, you want a pat on the back for that or something, Chris? Yeah. I'm not sure what you're begging for there. Was it I, was it a change? I also feed my kids. Uh, all right. So too much coffee for this yeah, man this morning. Yeah, Chris, you want to step outside, catch your breath, and come on back in. No, uh, so uh, what were you asking me, Fred? I forget. Oh, the the sun, the uh, the days. So yeah. yesterday was the longest day of the year. Correct. Here in North America. Now they're getting shorter. Now they're getting shorter by a minute. Word of encouragement. A minute because, a day? Is that what you um, said? Well, a minute at the front end of the day and a minute at the back end. So the sun goes down uh, a little earlier, comes up a little later by one minute. So a couple of minutes a day. Mm-hmm. So if you like, no, I didn't notice that. If uh, you like cooler weather, yeah, it's just my wife keeps track of this. Uh, she counts the days to uh, the first day of fall, which is when twenty first of September. Okay. Well, uh, it, we are experiencing two thirds of the country, I guess, experiencing a heat wave right now. Still, still. So, yeah, I'm not complaining though. No, I hate cold weather. Yeah, you're a summer guy. Yeah, I am. As far as I'm concerned, it could be summer all year. I like two or three weeks of cool weather. But uh, anyway, all right, Chris Woodward. Good morning, Brother Chris. Good morning. All right, so a lot to talk about today. Uh, uh, Rob West, uh, who is the host of Money Wise here on AFR, heard eight, excuse me, nine to 10 o'clock Central Time right before this show. It's a new program here on AFR. And uh, the host, Rob West, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. It's very that's growing in popularity. If you haven't been able to listen, we encourage you to do so. Um, Rob does an excellent job, and we are uh, going to visit with him at the bottom of the hour and ask him what's what's wrong with the economy. And, huh? <laughs> that that'll take up the rest of the show. Hey, you know, I was listening to um, no, I was uh, reading an article this morning. Uh, uh, Americans are about to get their four hundred one k quarterly statement. <laughs> For the last three months, mm-hmm. that's a quarter, a mm. twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned that way back in sixth grade. So, uh, and and it's 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 not going to be a happy report. Uh, if you have rolled the dice, yeah, and gone into risky stocks, yeah. Uh, in fact, I was just listening to Rob West before we went on the air, uh-huh. and he said the stock market is down twenty percent. Since when? The last over, quarter? Over the last couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, projections are at least 30%. So if you're in high risk, like you roll the dice, yeah, uh, you may be hurting right well, now. It didn't, it's, uh, so let me ask you this. Are you still in that? Still in it, and I went conservative you're, about four years ago. You're, you're uh, what are you? 
you said yesterday you're in your mid-60s? 68. 68. So so you uh, went conservative on your investments for your 401k? Yes, because the collective wisdom is as you get closer to retirement, you don't want to be in the risky side of things uh, with your 401k or your IRA or whatever. After we got wiped out last time, when was that? How many years ago was that? Huh? 2008. 2008. By we, I mean America. Yeah, 2008, I think. When it our was. 401ks went to 201ks. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that was hurting. I I decided then I'm I'm just not doing this anymore. No. So I went I went conservative back then. I put so. all my money in Blockbuster. I think it's going to make a comeback. <laughs> we heard Chris, it here first. Chris, somehow I think you're getting some bad advice. I don't know who your, <laughs> your, who your broker is, but uh, they might want to catch up with Netflix is going down the t- tubes, right? They are, and they're uh, kind of becoming uh, the, the cable company they were saying we weren't going to become because now that, you know, they're charging more, you can't share your password with your, you know, fa- friends and family members. Uh, and they're even saying we're going to throw in some advertisements. So you're basically becoming the cable company that people switch to Netflix yeah, from. They're a streaming service. I've never had it. A lot of oh. people do. It's been very popular. I think they grew under the in the pandemic because mm-hmm. so many people staying home. They had mm-hmm. got a, wanted that oh, Netflix, yeah. Netflix streaming service, but and now the pandemic's over. Despite what Biden says, we're going to get to that right. in a few minutes. And so. a lot of networks have since launched their own streaming service. Peacock, for example, has That's free true. service. A lot of competition. Pluto. Hula. Oh, Amazon. Oh, Amazon, yeah. same oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. They have their own streaming Amazon service. Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Hey, you know, one more thing, and maybe we can ask Rob about this. I don't know much about cryptocurrency. Is that what it yeah, is? Yes, that's what it's called. Digital currency. Apparently, it has really taken a hit over the last two yeah. or three weeks. Yeah, Stuart Varney yesterday said he didn't think it was going to recover, but that's just one man's British take. Mm, yeah. Well, I got some friends in, in that Bitcoin, that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Like I said, I don't understand it, but I know it's really taken a hit. I looked at it three or four years ago, but I, I can't. You, you got to understand what's going on there. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you got to study it. And I just don't have the time for that. So uh, Steve has done. Uh, Steve Jordahl has done a number of stories uh, on cryptocurrency. Uh, you can probably find them by going to afn.net and just uh, doing a search for cryptocurrency. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Rob West will be with us at the bottom of the hour, and we will talk to him. He's host of Money Wise, and uh, ask him a few questions about the uh, economy and the new show. All right, Chris, what's happening? Well, uh, on AFN.net, Fred posted an Associated Press article today that kind of recaps some of the uh, political events yesterday uh, in various states that had primaries. Uh, Let's begin with this one because it's getting a lot of reaction this morning. In Alabama, Katie Britt won the Republican nomination for Senate in Alabama Tuesday, uh, defeating six-term Representative Mo Brooks in a primary runoff after former President Donald Trump took the unusual step of rescinding his initial endorsement of Mo Brooks. Uh, Katie Britt, last night in her victory speech to Alabama voters, uh, had this to say, clip one. Alabama has spoken. We want new blood. We want fresh blood. We want someone who will fight for our Christian conservative values, who will fight for the freedoms and liberty this nation was founded on, and will fight for that American dream for the next generation and the next. Now, Mo Brooks also addressed his supporters uh, last night after it was uh, determined that he was not going to be the winner. Uh, I spliced together a couple of uh, comments from Mr. Brooks here, clip two. 
Congratulations to the Democrats. They now have two nominees in the general election, Will Boyd and my opponent, who they endorsed and helped push over the finish line, both in the primary and in the uh, runoff. So congratulations to you. The voters have spoken. They might not have spoken wisely. They may have been, dis they may have been seduced by brazenly false advertising, but nonetheless, they have spoken, and I respect their will. Uh, that's the Alabama Senate race, mm -hmm. and yes. uh, whoever wins a Republican primary, in this case, uh, Katie, Katie Britt, Britt mm -hmm. will be the next uh, United States Senator from Alabama because uh, Richard Shelby mm -hmm. retiring. That's the reason this uh, this is open. But uh, Alabama is a red state, so uh, she whoever won that primary, uh, Brooks or Britt, was going to be the next uh, Senator and will be. I think Britt worked for uh, Senator Shelby. Yeah, she was his chief of staff for a yeah. while. Mm -hmm. And she's 40 years old. She's just 40. That's pretty young for a senator. I mm -hmm. don't know what the average age is, but uh, I think that's probably, mm -hmm. she's going to be one of the youngest senators there. Yeah. You know, yeah. assuming she wins in November, and probably will. Yeah, absolutely. What else happened, Chris? Well, uh, we also had uh, primaries yesterday in states including Virginia, and I've got a, uh, a montage here of congressional. You have a montage, Chris? I do a montage. We're ready for it. All what, right. What are we? What, who, who, who's leading the montage? Yeah, you're you're going to hear uh, congressional GOP primary winners Yesley Vega, are we? and Jen Kiggins. Okay. If I said that correctly, talking about their victories in Virginia. Clip three. It was an amazing night, and I'm so blessed to have been able to share it with my parents, who came to this country with nothing but have realized their American dream uh, through hard work and dedication. The number one priority of folks is to live in safe and secure communities, to know that their children are going to be safe playing outside. And unfortunately, you have a Democrat party that has opened up the doors for crime skyrocketing in our community. It was a great victory last night. We're super excited about it and excited to be a part of the team to help flip the U.S. House this fall. Voters care, care are caring about things like the economy. They're caring about the gas prices that they can't afford. They're caring about grocery prices. That's what we hear at the doors. That's what we hear. We talk to people. Economy, economy, economy. And Joe Biden's disastrous policies are on the ballot this year. And in the second district, they go by the name of Elaine Luria. Sound like to me, Republicans are done voting for men. Huh? <laughs> yeah, there is a wave of uh, new, new, new faces that are female. Yes. Huh? It's, it's very interesting. The first part of that mm -hmm. montage was the uh, Republican winner in Virginia's 7th District. Uh, yes, now, this they, is primary. This yes. isn't the, 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 Correct. The, 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 those ladies you just heard right now, which were Republican primary winners, mm -hmm. yes. will face Democrats in the fall. True? That's right. And okay. in Virginia's case, uh, they're facing Democrats. Uh, incumbents. incumbents. Okay. All right. But Yesley Vega, uh, who was the first voice you heard, mm -hmm. She has a story similar to uh, Ms. Flores, who won in Texas last week. Myra Flores. My Myra Flores. Yes. Uh -huh. She is an immigrant family. Her family came very poor. She is, I would describe as a firecracker, that young lady. And she is young also. Uh, she's, she is going to get out there and she's going to campaign. 7th yeah. District uh, is a very key district, as is the 2nd District. In Virginia, you're talking about? In Virginia. Okay. I, I tell you, it's going, to be, it's going to be very interesting on election night because, you know, we're watching certainly Virginia because it went very, very red in the state election mm -hmm. last November, and there is belief uh, that the uh, Republican mm -hmm. Party will do well on the federal side come November. Yeah, I think the Democrats are going to get wiped out in November 
uh, in the House of Representatives. I don't know exactly how the Senate's going to end up, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they, every every sign points to a red wave. That's for in, sure. In, in November. And here's what I hope. If the Republicans win, yeah, I hope Jim Jordan is chairman of a committee mm-hmm. uh, that opens hearings on t- a couple of fronts. Number one, our border. I want to know about that. Also, I hope he opens up a hearing on how those who have been arrested, the hundreds arrested with regards to January 6th, how they're being treated by the attorney general of this country. Mm-hmm. And maybe a commission also asking the uh, attorney general Garland, why aren't you doing something about these people protesting outside of justice's homes? Well, there's going to be more accountability uh, for sure. Yes. If the Republicans uh, are elected in November and take over the majority and send mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi packing to uh, her San Francisco gated community with her $20,000 refrigerator and her $100 ice cream. I don't know if that's what they cost, but it's probably 150 now with inflation. Well, duly noted, mm-hmm. Chris. But uh, you know uh, what? What's like? What's going to happen? I'll tell you another thing. They're going to investigate Hunter Biden. Yes, uh, they're going to open up yes. investigations of Hunter Biden and uh, then Vice President Joe Biden and how much money they made on foreign deals. Yes. And expose all that because the Democrats are not going to ask those questions, you know, and they're going to keep this from being. Let me ask you this, Tim. Do you think uh, the Republicans, if they take the House, will go for an impeachment against Biden? On what front? I would say dereliction of duty on our southern border. I agree with that. There Uh, is an appetite for impeachment among some Republicans because Marjorie Taylor Greene, literally like day one, she issued articles or filed articles of impeachment against yeah. uh, Biden. So there will be somebody that throws it out. Well, the reason I'd say that, and I don't, I don't, I don't believe in impeachment uh, lightly by any means. Uh, but in the case of the Southern border and Biden just opening up the floodgates and letting millions of people come here illegally and then flying them on planes at, in the middle of the night all over the country and, mm-hmm so forth and so on it is a dereliction of his constitutional duty to protect and defend the constitution which includes uh, sovereignty national sovereignty in the borders of our country yes sir and uh, everything that biden has done promotes illegal entry into our country and in this case they've emptied out central america <laughs> huh yes there's nobody left uh, and it's it's just ridiculous. Border Patrol will turn back some people, but they literally just turn around and come back across again. Yeah. Oh, again yeah. and yeah. again and again. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned this before, but uh, if I can be cynical, but I don't think it's too much of a stretch. I think what Biden and the Democrats hope to do in the in the long term is flood the country with millions of people here illegally. Mm-hmm. Then he wants to... Uh, give them amnesty and make them legal citizens. And then they'll owe a grit. Uh, they'll, they'll owe their votes to Democrats for decades to come. You see how this works. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's what they, that's what their hope is. That's what you might ask. Why doesn't Biden care about securing our border and stopping this massive influx of people coming here illegally? We don't know who they are, how are they, how they're going to, you know, anything, uh, about how to, you know, um, uh, uh, how they're going to sustain themselves once they get to our country, get into our country. And, you know, all that, it really doesn't even matter. It matters 
And this is why when uh, Harris, Vice President Harris, says she's going to study the root causes of illegal immigration, <laughs> I want to say you that's not your job. No. I don't care about the root causes. Your job is to stop it. Mm-hmm. At the border, like every other sovereign country in the world, you stop people from pouring into your country illegally. You don't put them on planes and buses and ship them all around the country. They'll never come back for any kind of a uh, a hearing mm-hmm. or anything like this. So, and you know what's interesting is American Hispanics uh, are also opposed to illegal immigration. Very much so. Uh, and many of them, you know, the, I think Biden and the Democrats think, oh, they're Hispanics. They're for illegal immigration because the people coming here, most of them are themselves Hispanic folks. And actually, that's not true at all. That's right. That's not true at all. 150 nations. They have stopped people coming into our southern border right. from 150 nations around yeah. the world. Yeah. So back to your question, that's a potential impeachment right there. I don't know. We'll have to wait. A lot can happen between now and November, and then, of course, it will be January before the new Congress is seated. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all, and I'm this is wild speculation. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if after November, Biden, if the Republicans take over in a big way, the House and the Senate, and the Senate wouldn't be in a big way because there's very few seats that are going to change over, I think, from Democrat to Republican, and maybe one change from Republican to Democrat or two, uh, depending on what happens in Pennsylvania. But, again, wild speculation, okay, that he would – if the Republicans take over the House and get enough votes to block him in the Senate from uh, uh, appointing these crazy lefty judges, federal judges, that he uh, would resign. Well, well, he would resign. Here's why. Here's why. Again, while speculation, I understand. Maybe I shouldn't even be talking about this. But if if he could, if if they know he's going to open up and that the Republicans are going to open up investigations and hearings on Hunter Biden's financial dealings. And Joe Biden knows, oops, uh, I'm, my name's in there all over the place. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be uh, just uh, like the, this is going to be like the Mueller report for me. Yep. The Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, and what if a special counsel is announced to yeah. investigate, you know, uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's foreign financial. Uh, <clears throat> in other words, how much money did they make? <clears throat> We know Hunter Biden made millions and millions of dollars off his daddy's name and influence. Got meetings set up at the White House. Mm-hmm. Those things are supposed to be illegal, right? That's right. They're supposed to. You're not supposed to be able to play off your father's influence in the White House. In this case, vice president, so you can make money with foreign governments in a, in in a trade for you, hey, you can meet the big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that we all know that's always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, now there's proof, thanks to Hunter Biden's laptop. laptop. Yeah, Hunter Biden, what we found out just in recent months, one of Hunter Biden's business partners, remember Joe Biden has said, I know nothing about my son's businesses. But we know there at least, I think there were six visits by Hunter Biden's business partner to the White oh, House. to the White yeah. House. When yeah. Joe Biden was vice president. Yeah. Here's the other thing that, that's unbelievable about what Joe Biden says to all this. He says he never talked to his son about his about his business dealings, mm-hmm. right? Which I don't know what kind of father son relationship you got where you never talk about your your son's business. Mm-hmm. So maybe you didn't want to talk about it mm-hmm. because you knew some 
shenanigans were going on and you didn't want to be, I'm, I'm just giving one potential scenario, mm-hmm. but, uh, here's what I, here's what I find curious or, or when, when, when Biden and his spokespeople, uh, at the white house say he, he doesn't, he didn't discuss business with his son while he was VP. Uh, and then, and then they say, but he's confident his son did nothing wrong. Mm. <laughs> Well, how can you be confident that he did nothing wrong if you never even talked to him about it? Yeah, see what right. I'm saying? That's right. So I don't know. I, so anyway, that uh, that's a long way of saying I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't resign uh, after November if the Republicans take over and a Hunter Biden investigation becomes a big deal. Sure. Yeah. So, I'm waiting. I'm I'm just waiting on the day. Like, let's say Republicans win the majority, uh, win a majority control over the House. How long will it be before a Democrat goes on air, let's say MSNBC, and says something crazy like, "We can't just impeach presidents willy nilly for you know, oh I know this and that." It, it's going to happen within the first month. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh, but Nan- Nancy Pelosi's retirement party will be <laughs> special. <laughs> uh, it will be a video montage. I think there'll be parties all over America. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so I. I She's gonna she's gonna be out after November, and uh, she what is she eighty something like? She's eighty plus, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's anyway, yeah. and then Steny Hoyer, her backup, her number two there, Democrats. He's not as well known, but he's like same age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Democrat well, Democrats are gonna have to find somebody that's not on multivitamins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah, uh, who's not. Uh, well, I was going to say the pressure for if if the scenario comes true that you're talking about, yeah, uh, you're not going to have a lot of Democrats going on MSNBC and CNN and saying this is terrible that Joe Biden is going to step down. There are a lot of Democrats that want him gone because they're looking Do to you 20- think they want Kamala Harris. Uh, they don't want Kamala Harris, but they're looking no. at twenty four. They're looking at 24. I know. And they're saying there is no way that we can have Joe Biden at the top of a ticket. I, I agree, but I don't But they're going to also have to get rid of uh, uh, Vice President Harris because uh, she's worse than him yeah. as far as a candidate goes. I just turned 40, and there are several senators, including Republicans, that were on their second or third term by the time I came along. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I'm pretty sure Chuck Grassley says he's still running. Yeah, well, he, he's eighty something too. I isn't believe he? he's ninety. Let me look it up. Are they? They all these guys they, and ladies they stay on and on and on and he on. He's eighty-eight. They must get real good dinner reservations at Washington restaurants, huh? All the time. I've I've heard the the lifestyle can be addictive to these people. Hey, well, they become Washingtonians. Well, yeah, look yeah. at they, Joe Biden. They, they just lose connection. And he's been with in them. office, in some form of office, for 50 years. Yeah. So what do y'all think about my oh, I, wild I, speculation? Well, I it it looks like the House is going to go Republican, and if the Senate goes also, then I think within six months that Joe Biden will step down. Yeah, I could see. Now, then what do you do with Kamala Harris? Of course, she becomes president. The dem the, the Democrat and the and the Democrat Party knows she's gonna she's a terrible candidate. Mm-hmm. The pressure will be on for her. I will go ahead. I know say, the Democrats yeah. gonna go after a uh, a woman of color. Get rid of her. Mm, that's a good question. No, there but there are. Gavin Newsom is being mentioned. 
I know, but you're gonna have to do something with Kamala Harris. Yes. So I don't know what, but uh, uh, that—that's the trend. Yes. That's all the polls are showing that, uh, and, and these these primaries are kind of a foretelling, I mm-hmm. think, of what's going to happen in November. Yep. All right. Gavin Newsom from California, huh? He may be the next, quote, golden boy from the Golden State. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on American Family Radio. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Jericho, Nazareth, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, all these places you've heard about your whole life. You've read about them in the Bible. Well, guess what? We're going to go see them. That's right. March 2023, we're going to go to the Holy Land. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, my dad started taking tours to Israel as a Methodist pastor in the late 60s. And then he taught me how to lead tour groups, and I started helping him in the 80s, and then he stopped doing them in the 90s, and then my wife and I have been doing them ever since. So we have a lot of experience traveling to Israel, and we would love for you to come with us in March 2023. The itinerary, the cost, everything about the tour is available at twholyland.com. Just go to the website right now, twholyland.com, for all the information on the March 2023 trip to Israel. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives, and their careers. Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. It's wedding season across America. Many young couples prefer to recite their vows outdoors. All the rage this year. But there was a much different kind of rage at a wedding ceremony posted on TikTok. A bride and groom were exchanging their I do's on the front lawn of their home. But when the ceremony started, a neighbor known as Karen cranked up her riding lawnmower. The mower was so loud the wedding attendees had a hard time hearing the preacher. Critics blasted the neighbor, wondering if there was some sort of a beef, while others said the neighbor was under no obligation to do anything since it was her property. You know, it seems to me the most effective way of dealing with a Karen wedding crasher is to send over the flower girl armed with a weed whacker. My latest book, A Deep Dive into the Cancel Culture Mob, I expose their real agenda in Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available at ToddStarns.com. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman here with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward, and we thank you for listening to AFR. By the way, we failed to mention at the top of the hour, should you want to watch the show, uh, we are live video streaming on YouTube and Facebook. YouTube and Facebook, simply type in Today's Issues, and on our Facebook page there, we uh, post the stories that we talk about. Uh, so you want to check that out we post the stories that we discuss so you can have that firsthand information yourself and fred and chris and our news team uh daily provide a uh, well we, we've got a a great to we, a news website don't we fred yes uh american family news website afn.net afn.net go there and we have all the mediums there it's the print medium and you can listen to our radio newscasts and you can see some great videos of the current news stories of the day. But also, we want to remind people that we have a daily summary of the, of the big news of the day that we can send to your email. Mm-hmm. And you just go to the right-hand side of our website, afn.net. You can click there, just put your email address in there, and we'll start sending you Monday through Friday, one email a day, no more. We don't give your email address right. to anybody else. And you can get that summary, be up to date, convenient. You know, you get home in the evening, you want that summary, just click on that, yeah. and you'll get a summary of the top stories of the day. Yeah. Once we send it Monday through Friday, once a day in the afternoon. That is it. Did you say you have mediums there? Me- Different media. We have oh media. media. I thought we had you know fortune tellers. <laughs> no. Uh, soothsayers. Soothsayers. No. Uh, people who could see the stock market. Two, three months down the road. Boy, would that increase the traffic. <laughs> well, we have somebody on now who maybe can do that, although it's not supernatural. Uh, Rob West uh, joins us. Rob is host of Money Wise, a new program here on American Family Radio, Monday through Friday at 9.05 Central Time. And uh, Rob joins us now. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tim, Fred, Chris. Great to be with you. All right, Rob, what's the stock market going to look like three months from now compared to now? Boy, if I knew that. Well, uh, here we go. Huh? <laughs> you, then you wouldn't be doing an interview with us, right? No, that's exactly uh, right. What to, uh, hey, Rob, welcome to the AFR family. Yes. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. I walk in some giant shoes. I didn't have the privilege of knowing Dan Celia personally, but have the utmost respect for what he did on these airwaves for a long time mm-hmm. and how he served God's people so well. And, uh, boy, we were so heartbroken to hear that uh, his, of his passing, and yet we know he's in the face of Jesus right now. Uh, my program goes back to the late Larry Burkett. What a giant he was as yep. well. So we have uh, just an incredible honor to be a part of this family, Tim, and, and so grateful for the chance to serve your listeners each day. Now, in addition to hosting this show, you, you host a similar show on Moody Radio Network, and, and uh, you also are president of Kingdom Advisors. What is Kingdom Advisors? 
Yeah, Kingdom Advisors was founded in 2003 uh, by actually Larry Burkett and Ron Blue. Uh, And really, we exist to train and disciple now 3,600 Christian financial professionals around the country. So these are men and women that are in financial services at independent firms and wirehouses, but they really want to be especially skilled and trained at bringing a biblical worldview to their (laughs) professional financial advice that they give to clients. Mm. Uh, We offer a designation called Certified Kingdom Advisors. And then uh, we have MoneyWise Media, which is our consumer ministry, where we serve God's people with uh, the radio broadcasts on now 1,900 outlets every day, uh, the MoneyWise Minute, our 60-second feature, and then a whole host of other issues just to help God's people understand the heart of God from Scripture as it relates to how they make decisions and choices handling His money. Let me ask you, uh, how long do you have with us, Rob? As much time as you'd like. Okay. I want to ask you a well, that's, that's a good answer. I'd like to hear that. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, Fred and Chris may have questions for you. Uh, uh, I have a question about the economy specifically, yeah. uh, if you know the answer to this. Talking, to, I was at a restaurant last night, was, okay. and th- th- this story I'm about to share could be multiplied by the thousands all across the United States. This mm-hmm. isn't yeah. anything unique to my community. But I was talking to a restaurant, uh, uh, restauranteur. Uh, a lady last night who's owned a restaurant for 30 years. Okay. We, we go there a couple times a month. And, uh, she said, we just can't find help. We just can't find workers. She said, and I have a, uh, so it's, we're struggling here and it, and it hasn't changed. We thought post pandemic here, well, the workers come back, right? They were getting, everybody was getting free money from the government. Well, that's over. So back to work we go. And she said, I have a, a good friend, this, the restaurant owner told me, she said, I have a good friend who lives in Seattle. Same thing there. She said she needs uh, 80 employees. To pre, Pre-COVID, she needed 80 employees to run her restaurant. Everything was going great. She said post-pandemic, she can't get but 40 people to come into work and no applications. And I guess, uh, in, especially in the hospitality industry, which, in, which in, uh, in, uh, hotels are going through this similar thing, and maybe it's in other uh, industries, I don't know, but particularly restaurants, hotels, uh, the airlines now, we're seeing them. They're cutting back flights uh, because they don't have enough pilots. They don't have enough, uh, you know, I guess, uh, 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 flight attendants and, and mechanics and all this thing. What is going on, Rob? When is this yeah. going to stop? Yeah. Well, obviously, the pandemic brought a huge disruption in America's labor force. You know, it's now being referred to as the Great Resignation. So uh, the data says in 2021, we lost more than 47 million workers uh, quitting their jobs. And in many cases, Tim, they're looking for, you know, better work-life ballads, more flexibility. They want increased comp. Uh, they're looking for a, a better work environment. And obviously, the food service and hospitality sector has been really just decimated. Uh, you know, jobs that require in-person attendance and traditionally have lower wages have had a more difficult time retaining workers because of the high quit rates and just the demand with this strong labor market. Uh, leisure and hospitality lost a million workers in November of 2021. Uh, so, you know, it's it's just really taken a toll, and it's really resulted in a labor shortage across the whole economy, which is one of the challenges that's led to this stagflation, I think, that we're experiencing right now, where wages aren't rising. We've, we've got this uh, strong labor market, uh, which is the only thing that could be our saving grace in terms of uh, a 
perhaps a softer landing than we might have otherwise seen uh, in the midst of just runaway inflation. But but uh, usually, um, typically, historically, in the in a free enterprise system like we have here in the United States, uh, you know, supply and demand. Uh, you have uh, you have a, you have a demand for workers, but yeah. yet the supply doesn't seem to be there, yeah. and it just it's a mystery, I guess. Uh, so, uh, maybe not altogether. You just explain maybe some reasons. Pe- maybe people during the pandemic figured out, hey, I don't need as much as I thought I do, and I don't want to go back to uh, physical labor for forty hours a week. I don't know. It's yeah. just. Huh? Well, and there's great opportunity with more flexibility. They, right. given the option, they'd love to. They liked working from home, and so why not uh, continue to do that? And perhaps I can even make a bit more money given the demand for workers. So I think there's just a whole host of issues, kind of all competing at the same time. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. It's Fred here. The mess that we're in, our economy is in right now. Could it have been avoided? Yeah. Well, it's been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, we <laughs> right now the trend was toward globalization. Now we're coming back away from that and trying to bring a lot more back home, which I think in, in is a good thing. It's going to take time. It's expensive. Uh, obviously, the Fed has not helped the case with just you know uh, free money supply, incredible monetary stimulus that's just taken our debt levels through the roof. That could have been uh, done much differently. Uh, that's led to, I think, this runaway inflation. And, you know, the, the Fed only has a blunt object in terms of dealing with it. They can only deal with the money supply issue and interest rates. So they're trying to curb demand. At the same time, we've got real uh, supply issues that uh, they can't uh, address. And, and that's a real challenge. So could it have been avoided? Well, absolutely. And we don't need to throw our hands up. I mean, the good news is we still have the strongest economy in the world. The consumer is very strong strong. We're in a much different position. Corporate balance sheets are very healthy uh, right now, but we've got to get inflation under control. It's going to take time for the supply issues to work themselves through. We're in a mess with energy right now, and that's absolutely of our own doing. We were on a much different course in the prior administration than we are today. That's a real problem, and it's only exacerbated by what's going on geopolitically right now. Uh, you know, so we've got some uh, real challenges with even food shortages in certain places that are it's coming to roost. So we've got to address all of that. Do I think we're headed toward a debt crisis, a collapse of the U.S. dollar, the banking system, a replacement of the world's reserve currency? No, I don't think that's the base case. I think we will pull out of this technological advances, bringing a lot of uh, manufacturing back home, uh, you know, getting things back on track. But it's going to take uh, not only time, but uh, policy changes that uh, hopefully we'll see beginning uh, in this next election cycle. It's, it's Chris here. I have a question. I am, uh, by several definitions, a millennial. And one of the things that millennials you have, have gray beard. Yes. So that's, well, that's from working in news. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, oh, I got you. Okay. But, uh, you know, one of the things that millennials have heard for years, and, and Gen Zers have probably heard this too, uh, is that, you know, Social Security is not going to be around for us. And a lot of people in their 30s and 40s, maybe in their 20s, not all of them are necessarily socking money away in a 401k. If they if they have one, they it's they don't have as much in it as you know some of the people that are Gen Xers or Boomers, uh, things like that. Uh, and and I I bring all this up because you watch the news and the Dow is down, the Nasdaq is down. It's the worst, uh, you know. By, all the gains that have occurred in the Biden administration are now wiped out, and all these other headlines. What advice would you give to you know somebody? 
late 20s, 30s, 40s that's not necessarily prepared for retirement, but realizing that they need to start socking something away. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the key. You know, Social Security was never intended to cover more than 30, excuse me, 40 percent of your pre-retirement income. And so, uh, you know, a lot of folks depend far more heavily on that than they should, just given what it was designed to do. Average uh, retiree will live on about 80 percent of their pre-retirement income uh, on average. And so there's definitely a gap there. Uh, You mentioned Social Security benefits. You know, more than 65 million Americans right now are depending upon Social Security through retirement benefits and disability benefits. And the latest data, it actually uh, just changed by one year. The latest data says it's going to run dry in 2034. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to stop benefits. It means if they maintain the current level, it'll be about 75%. I think we'll see changes either pushing out the retirement date, increases in taxes. I mean, there's a whole host of levers they can pull to uh, try to shore that up. And and so that'll become more of a front burner issue here uh, in the next decade. Of course, but what do we do about it? Well, we've got to live within our means. You know, we we uh, we go back to God's word on money wise to apply God's wisdom to our financial decisions as stewards of His money, and it gets pretty simple when you boil it down. We've got to live within our means. We've got to avoid debt. We've got to set long term goals. We've got to have some margin, and we got to give generously. And so, I think as we dial back our spending and have margin, we've got to be systematic and diligent in contributing. For the long term, and I would stay say still the very best place is through a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio with some allocation of precious metals, and if you can, even real estate. Um, but we've got to be diligent in that. Compounding works most effectively over time, and so if we're playing catch up, well, we've got to get started, and that means starting with our lifestyle because uh, our monthly spending is the biggest deterrent to our ability to save for the long term. Okay. All right. So, Chris, your Social Security question. Mm-hmm. Okay, for Rob there, can I? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, keep in mind, I have zero experience in economic advice or except for my own home. So that being said, uh, Social Security is not going away. Oh, I know. They'll, it, uh, because, they'll wait till the next midterm election. No, they will be the last thing to go. Oh, yeah. The, Social Security will be the very last thing to go. It, it, it will be the apocalypse if, if so, because – they will, uh, they will be descending upon Washington D.C. by the millions. Yeah, gray hairs. Yeah, and people with canes, an and, insurrection, and wheelchairs. You talk about an insurrection. You <laughs> yeah. you start messing with Social Security, That's and right. you will see uh, you will see a massive wave of uh, people uh, upset coming to Washington. So the Democrats are Republicans. Either one, they're not going to uh, mess with Social Security. Um, yeah. And if they need more money, they'll just print more money. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so simple. It's yeah. so simple. I don't know why people don't understand this. All right, Rob, listen, brother, thanks so much. And we're so excited to have you as part of our AFR team. Yes. And uh, and uh, we, we uh, look forward to many, many years of, of working with you, brother. Well, I do as well, Tim, Fred, and Chris. Uh, long history of you uh, serving God's people and the family so well. And so to be able to come alongside you and do that in this area of money, which I believe is so closely tied to our hearts, uh, and that's what God has always been about, our hearts. Uh, This is a topic that's near and dear to me, and so it's a privilege. God bless you guys. Thank you. All right, that's Rob West, host of Money Wise, heard weekday mornings at 9.05 Central Time here on American Family Radio. Hey, if you want to send us an email, go to comments at afr.net. That's the address for email. 
uh, uh, sent to us here, comments at AFR.net. Our, uh, you can download the podcast at AFR.net, AFR.net. This show will be available on podcast just a few minutes after we, is that right, uh, Adam, a few minutes after we finish doing the show, the podcast of this whole program will be available at AFR.net, AFR.net. Chris, next story. Well, uh, President Joe Biden today is going to be asking Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the next three months. The idea being is that it's going to lower the amount uh, that you have to pay for a gallon of gasoline. By how much? That's a great question. A three-month federal gas tax holiday would suspend a tax of 18.4 cents per gallon of gas and 24.4 cents for diesel that drivers pay when they fill their tanks. I looked it up already. Today's national average is $4.95. So if that was the price that you would be expected to pay at the pump today, you're looking at 18 cents off that, four seventy okay. something First of all, a federal, what did you call it? Gas tax holiday. Okay, well, it's not a holiday. It's holidays, right? Because you're talking about he, he uh, he's talking about suspending gas, federal gas taxes for how long? For three months. So that can would get the, us through the summer. Can, can the president alone do that? No, he he's got to go through Congress for that, right? Yeah, which is I, I guess that's why he's going to ask Congress today. Now, having said that, this is the same president who said he was going to continue the eviction moratorium from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which has nothing to do with real estate. But he said last year he was going to extend that moratorium, and he went on to say it's probably illegal, but it's worth it. So, All right, where does this money go, this federal ta- federal gas tax money? Once it's collected, what's it, what, what is it used for? Because that's what's going to uh, suffer yeah. as a result of not That's having a good the question. money. It, it is collected by the federal government uh, and it's put in basically an imaginary coffer. And at some point when we need to repave roads, roads and, build and bridges, fe- federal roads and bridges, it's, yeah, like interstates. Correct. Now, you know, if they do go down this road and they, imag- and they, they agree with Biden that this is what we're going to do to try to ease the pain at the pump, that doesn't mean your street's not going to be paved next week. That money's already been called well, for, allocated, whatever. The I, I would is. guess most Bridges, br- bridges, roads, uh, highways are, are paid by the states themselves. Now, they get a lot of them get federal money yeah, to do states it. States have their own gas tax, a lot of states. Yeah, do. but uh, what do you think about this, Fred? Uh, well, uh, this will be one of those rare occasions that yeah. I agree with uh, Joe Biden's former boss, Barack Obama. Yes, what did he say, Fred? Well, uh, why don't we play cut eight? For us to pretend like we're solving the problem by giving people 30 cents a day for a grand total of $28, that's it. That's our plan to deal with gas prices and energy. So this isn't a real solution. This is a gimmick. And this is what Washington does whenever there's a big problem. They pretend that they're solving it to try to get through political season, but they don't really solve it. That was uh, former President Obama from what year? 2008, I believe it right. was. So he called what Joe Biden's doing now a gimmick? A gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, get you through the election See, you know? He sounded yeah. like a Republican. Yeah. And listen, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if I'm for or against this. Uh, I really don't care because it's uh, 18 cents on a, on, a, on a $5 gallon of gas. Is that what we're talking about, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for 10 gallons... Uh, you say that's not enough. That's not enough to make a difference. Okay, that's no. that's not enough. That's 
that's a gimmick. That's just symbolism on the part of Biden to say, I, I care. Yeah. I, I care. Yeah. While I get on Air Force One. Yeah. Huh? Listen, and, uh, the real the real problem is that uh, President Joe Biden has gone after the oil industry yeah. from day yeah. one. Yeah. And there was some sharp words yesterday, Chris, yeah. between the CEO of Chevron and uh, and Joe Biden. So Biden's, Biden's accusing oil companies of not producing enough oil, therefore causing the gas prices to go up. That's what he's accusing he's them He's accused of. them of price gouging. He mm-hmm. says they're making millions in profit. They don't care yeah. about the American and, people. Um, Chevron does not set the price that you pay at the pump. The market dictates what the price of oil and gas is. It's not Chevron or BP or Shell's call. It's supply and demand. And I guess Biden's saying, well, you're not supplying enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the new uh, White House press secretary, the one that replaced uh, Saki, she said last week that it is the patriotic duty of oil and gas companies in the United States to increase their production right now. While we try to end their business. Yes. We, we the Biden administration, are trying desperately to cause the oil and gas industry, mm-hmm. i.e. fossil fuels, to go completely bankrupt and out of business. Yes. That's our goal. In the meantime, they need to be producing more. Yeah. And, <laughs> How much, what kind of sense does that make? Yeah, yeah it's, it's Joe Biden saying to that business, I'm going to put you out of business. Right. That's what he ran on. That's what he ran on. Uh, Laura Ingram from Fox uh, was on Fox and Friends this morning. I want you to listen to what she had to say about all of this. It's cut six. Five major refineries have already shut down in the United States because investors shockingly actually want to make a profit and they know long term there's no long term viability in this investment because of the ESG movement and all the uh, green movement both here and around the world. So, I mean, Biden's now taking like a teaspoon of water and throwing it on a fire and thinks, oh, that's going to work. It's not going to work. And he doesn't understand markets or he, he does, but he doesn't want to really admit it. So this is all just smoke and mirrors. Yeah, if I could draw a comparison, let's say Joe Biden said, I'm going to shut down the fishing industry in this country. Mm-hmm. All right. So he goes out and campaigns on that and says, this is my right, goal. Right. We're going to shut down the fishing industry. And then all of a sudden we have a food shortage in this country. And he's telling these fishermen who basically sold their boats, right. sold their right. nets, because right. they're going to put me out of business. Right. You guys got to get out there and get more fish. Right. That, you're, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Uh, but, sir, you told us you're, you're going right. to shut us down. So we sold our boats and we right. sold our nets. Uh, I don't care. You guys are terrible people because you're not giving me more fish. Yeah. That's what yeah. we are. And furthermore, uh, I'm going to go over to uh, Saudi Arabia and get some fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah, because, yeah, we need fish. We so, need fish. Yeah. Listen. Oftentimes, economics up, economic up and down. I'm just trying to say this. The ups and downs of the American economy are not directly related to the president of the United States, be it Republican or Democrat. However, there are times when you can directly point to a policy that leads to a certain crisis. Mm-hmm. And for sure, Biden and the Democrats have been announcing that they want to shut down the oil and gas industry in America. First thing he did was shut down the Keystone Pipeline. You remember that? That's right. So if I were were Biden, I would just quit pretending. Because you you look more, to me, you look more like a fool to try to to doublespeak 
uh, in the analogy you just used, for example, than just to stay straight up, and he has when he's let it slip a little bit, just say straight up, you know, I campaigned on this, people. I told you we're ending uh, gasoline in America, and you're just going to have to suck it up buttercup with uh, mm-hmm. gas prices. Next next question. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what Biden ought to do if he was sincere. You know what I'm saying? Because either, either you have conviction that we're in global warming, man-made global warming because of the American use of the SUV or not, right? Yep. Or not. It's one way or the other. And mm-hmm. if it is, and you believe in that uh, man-made global warming, that's going to kill us all, then you need no apologies necessary. You just need to say uh, whatever you have to pay, Americans, for gas at the pump, is a small sacrifice for saving our planet. Yeah. So you know, why, why don't he? Why don't he just say that and, and quit? Quit even answering the question about the price of gasoline. The the other part of this is also uh, the former president Donald Trump was not opposed to alternative forms of energy. No, he just said while we're developing those, sure, we're going to keep our oil and gas industry strong mm-hmm. yeah. because we need it. Yeah, we need it. And, yes. and, you know, if, if you want solar panels, God bless you. Listen. Get solar panels. Yeah, windmills or whatever. Elon, even Elon Musk, who is the uh, founder of Tesla, which is the largest electric car company in the world, even he said, we're going to have to drill more oil. <laughs> huh? Did yes. you see that? Of course. That was oh, a yeah. couple of months ago. He was going, we can't, we, we can't get by without fossil fuels. It's impossible. Yeah. The difference there is you've got businessmen that know what we need, right. and you've got a guy who hasn't had a real job since yeah. he was a lifeguard. I know. But uh, uh, Biden looks more foolish to me by just keep saying, well, we want to end uh, uh, oil and gas in America, and then goes he's going to call up Saudi Arabia and, and with hat in hand and say, please help us out. It just does it. It's doublespeak. Yes, so. especially when he referred to the Saudis as a pariah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll return uh, momentarily with more of today's issues on AFR. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.